Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative and curious. I'm your host, Sean O'Sullivan, and I'm very pleased to have Anastasia with me. Welcome to the Exploring Art. (laughs) Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. All right, so today we'll be discussing a very important contemporary artist by the name of Christo Javachev. But before we dive into his works of art, we need to explain exactly what contemporary art is. Contemporary art is different from modern art, although most wouldn't think of the difference. I know certainly I didn't know the difference before I did a little bit of research myself. Mm-hmm. The biggest difference is that contemporary art deals with current social issues and strives to provide answers or a different perspective overall for the art. Now, Christo was born June 13, 1935, in Gabravo, Bulgaria. His wife, Gianni Claude, was also born the same day and year, but in Casablanca, Morocco. It's a crazy coincidence. Yeah. Christo and his wife would produce all their art together under his name, Christo, and later released their art as Christo and Gianni Claude. This was mainly because of the negativity surrounding, uh, wait, the negativity society had towards female artists during the time they started to publish together. Christo kept releasing their artworks together under their names even after her death in 2009. So for the remainder of this podcast, I'll be referring to them both as Christo, just so it's easier. Like Christo and Gianna Cloud is a, it's a little bit of a mouthful. All right. So <laughs> according to Christo and GiannaCloud.net, their work is usually involved in large environmental installations that would take years of planning and collaborations with the government to get them approved. Their art focused on the aesthetic and the process of making the art more than the finished product. Now, as a side note, I would also like to say one of Gianni Claude's quotes that I found from the uh, magazine Artland. Now she says, artists don't retire, they die, that's all. When they stop being able to create art, they die. I love this quote personally because that's how I like to live my life, creating art until I die. Anastasia, Do you have any plans for art as you get into the retirement age? Well, my plans are to retire early off my art so I can make more art. How about you, Sean? That's that's smooth. That's smooth. I want to make enough money so I don't have to worry about profits overall. I just want to be like an old guy filling us off with paintings. Just (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's the life. Yeah, that's the that's the life. That's the life. (laughs) Now, Crystal's artworks were always huge in scale. One of his most notorious works is the Valley Curtain, created in 1972. The Valley Curtain is a woven nylon fabric orange curtain spanning between the Grand Junction and Glenwood Springs in the Grand Hogback Mountain Range, which took about 28 months to complete. The curtain, yeah, it, yeah. All of his projects take a crazy amount of time, like I noticed. The curtain was curved so it was clear of the slopes of the mountains and the valley bottom. And the curtain had to be anchored to the mountain so it wouldn't fall or blow away, of course. Mm. But um, even though it took about 28 months to complete, the curtain was removed after about 28 hours because of the winds in the area. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so sad. <laughs> so according to thestranger.com, Christo didn't have a big reason for putting a gigantic curtain within a mountain range. It was simply for the pure aesthetic enjoyment and the utility of the art. So he let his intrusive thoughts win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was reading something up. And they they literally said um, 
it's kind of like a child doing child things like just playing around just because there's no there's no real reason for it so yeah yeah yeah. yeah another one of crystal's installations are called the surrounding islands which were actually located here in miami made in may 9th 1983. The installation sounds just like the name. The 11 uninhabited islands surrounding Miami were surrounded by cloth, a play on words, if you will. Mm. It was about 6.5 million square feet of floating pink woven fabric, which covered the surface of the water and extended about 200 feet from each island into the bay. The fabric was cut into 79 different sections to allow the contour of the islands, well, basically around the contour of the islands. And the fabric was anchored near the trees and under the vegetation. So it kind of blended into the island itself. Wow. Now, in preparation for the installation, the islands in the project were cleaned of debris like tires, kitchen sinks, and even an abandoned boat. Crystal had to get various permits to get his art installed, like all of his other arts as well. One of which were the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And oh. also, according to Arlen.com, Crystal explained that the pink fabric expressed how Miami people lived in between land and water, which is, oh, it's also worth mentioning that none of Crystal's artworks have been sponsored at all. Wow. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything comes from him and his uh, wife's pockets. So it's it's actually crazy. It's very wow. crazy. Okay. So... Like like I mentioned before, and to install all of his artworks, he had to collaborate with the government plenty of times to get these permits. And that's why it takes so much time for him to develop these projects. He has to get like like 17 different permits and permissions from people um, in the area. Right. So uh, Jeannie described this process uh, as a part of the art itself. She said, to put it in human terms, the process is a little bit like having a nine-month pregnancy. It's <laughs> like having a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the various factors that came into play while getting permits is that maybe he'll need consent of landlords or to see whether or not his art would have an impact on the environment or to even think about what would happen if someone was injured by his installations. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, a big example of a project like this, which took a lot of time, is the Running Fence Project. This project had about 200,000 square meters of cloth strung by string steel cables, and it was meant to be viewed from public roads. I think they named it public fence. Well, no, running fence, because the, the cloths were like kind of small, but I feel like you, you're you kind of supposed to run run against them. It, it's, hard, it's hard to describe without like pictures or anything, but it was nice. It was like kind of on a mountain, kind of, but... Crystal had to get permission from two countries, over 50 landowners, 18 public meetings, and he had to get a commission of, for a environmental impact report. Yeah. So the whole sense. process, yeah, 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 the whole process took about four years, and the installation only stood for about 14 days. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, see, that that's insane. That's insane to me. That, that is insane to me. I know. So since, yeah, since his works only stood for a limited amount of time, Christo definitely held more emphasis on the process of making the world art rather than the finished project, for oh, sure. Definitely. He has a yeah. lot of ambition. <laughs> for like, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So with him adhering to all these regulations, he is also showing another side to art overall. 
See, where art is usually freedom, it's usually expressed with a brush and a blank canvas. But instead, Crystal is dealing with codes and permits to achieve his specific vision for art. This is very different from like what most artists or spectators whose eyes are fully, solely focused on the end product. Uh, I'm definitely a, um, a person who felt like that before researching this for sure. I, I like the process as much as anybody else, but I feel like you take too long then. It's, it's too much. It's too much for sure. Yeah. So yeah. this must be why Christo didn't mind the lengthy time it took to see his projects come to fruition. He thought of everything as a stage, the initial idea of the project, getting it approved, building the project, and finally turning it down. And another reason why it took so much time is because he wanted specific sites for his installations. He didn't just want any mountain range for the Valley Curtain. He wanted the one located in the Grand Hogback Mountain Range. But... Yeah, I think he just um I think he just believed the the whole process to getting his artwork approved was very therapeutic. And that's kind of how I think uh painting is for me, you know? Oh, Anastasia, do you have anything in art that's therapeutic to you? Yes, actually it's um sketching with graphite, drawing buildings and like random Russian trinkets, like matroshkas, like the Russian nesting dolls, is therapeutic to me. Nice. The process nice. of it is really fun. How about you? That's that's fire. I think Russian accents are so cool. I'm going off a tangent, but Russian accents are so cool. Like you yeah. gotta tell me about that later. But um <laughs> I, I like painting. I like yeah, yeah. I like painting overall, freehand drawing. Um the process of painting is really calming and you have to you have to let it uh dry depending on what type of oil you use or acrylic pastels so i love it a lot for sure Ooh. oh this also reminds me of a documentary i saw called the art world turned inside out so it was about uh successful artists who had mental disabilities and they didn't really care about the product the end product or even making a profit from the work they were solely focused on the actual art of creating it after they finished, they became totally uninterested in the work itself. So I I believe this is how people should make art. I think I'm gonna try and do this myself, just to create, just to create. I feel like it's an easy way for people to do. You know, what do you think, Anastasia? Do you think the process or the final product is more important? Well, that's a hard question. As an artist, the process is excruciating, fun, and almost like torture. Especially when you're in the middle, then you kind of lose your vision. You have to fight to get it back. But when you see and feel the final product, you remember it all in good fun and effort. You know, uh, what do you, What about you, Sean? <laughs> I Like I said, I, I like the prize as much as the next person. But I feel like if it strains out too long, then I just, I become annoyed with the art. Yeah, me too. Sure. <laughs> but that's how you know you love it so much it's like you're passionate yes, that's why yes, you're annoyed yes. <laughs> well it looks like we're gonna be introducing my segment of the podcast <laughs> and we will be talking about michelangelo yes, yes. all right so another world-renowned artist is michelangelo di lodovico Commonly known as Michelangelo, he was an Italian Renaissance artist born on March 6, 1475 in Caprice near Arezzo, Italy. He is one of the most renowned figures in the history of art. Michelangelo's early education in the arts took place in Florence, where he studied under various masters. He was primarily known for his work in three major artistic fields. In sculpture, 
Michelangelo was a gifted sculptor. According to the art story, his most famous sculptures include my personal favorite, um, David, a monumental marble statue of the biblical hero, and Peta, a sculpture of the Virgin Mary holding a deceased Christ, which is a very emotional piece. I was able to see it in person. It really just captured. That sounds very nice. Beautiful. So these sculptures <laughs> show his exceptional talent in portraying human anatomy and incredible emotional intensity. Another famous and amazing major artistic field was painting. Michelangelo was also a skilled painter. According to ASU, sorry, AESU, Michelangelo's most famous works article, his most famous work is the ceiling of Sistine Chapel in Vatican City. This monumental fresco completed in the 15th century features scenes from the book of Genesis and is considered a masterpiece of Western art. Michelangelo's frescoes in the Sistine Chapel are celebrated for their complexity, use of perspective, and portrayal of the human form. And architecture. In addition to sculpture and painting, Michelangelo made significant contrib uh, contributions to architecture. He's actually one of the reasons why I want to go into architecture in the future. Ooh. So according to Architectural Digest, he designed the dome of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome in his final years of life which remains one of the most iconic architectural achievements in history. It's amazing. He's truly like a genius of his time and we yeah, still follow it. Stuff. You know, he's the main topic of every art class that I've ever taken so far, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Michelangelo is considered important in the context of art history for innovation and mastery of multiple art forms. Michelangelo was a Renaissance polymath and a polymath is a person who masters in many subjects. He excelled in sculpture, as we said, painting and architecture, which is a testament to his genius and has left a lasting impact on the art world. He's often regarded as a quintessential figure of the Italian Renaissance, one of the best eras in art, in my opinion. <laughs> a period characterized by a revival of interest in classical art and the exploration of humanism. His works exemplify the ideals of this era. And his impact on future artists. Michelangelo's work influenced countless artists who came after him. His mastery of human anatomy, his skill in depicting emotion, and his groundbreaking techniques in sculpture and painting inspired future generations of artists from then on. I would know because I feel like I he's my biggest inspiration next to Salvador mm. Dali, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and one of his famous works, like I mentioned before, was the Sistine Chapel ceiling. So his frescoes in the Sistine Chapel are seen as a pinnacle of artistic achievements and continue to draw millions of visitors to the Vatican. That's one of my top, uh, one of my top places to visit on my bucket list. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> These frescoes are considered one of the most important works of history in the of Western culture. Sorry. Um, yeah. And his architectural legacy. Michelangelo's architectural designs, such as, such as the Dome of St. Peter's Basilica, demonstrated a profound understanding of engineering, aesthetics, and even mathematics, the way he did everything so symmetrical. His architectural work set standards for future architects. 
So as we can see, Michelangelo's legacy endures throughout all of his works and continues to be a source of inspiration and admiration for artists, scholars, and art enthusiasts all around the world. Which brings me, uh, Sean, do you have any favorite works of Michelangelo? Uh, personally, I love his art titled Adam, where you have um, Adam's kind of reaching out towards God in a sense. And I think God <laughs> is surrounded by babies or something. It's very nice. It's very nice. It's referenced in Aesthetic. an insane amount of media. So I just, I love it. I love it. It's great. And I, I believe the, um, the figure behind God is the brain, I think. I think. I saw a label of it, but yeah, it's, it's me. <laughs> We're going to have to take another look at it one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. And, you know, we're going to go off based on what Sean was saying about Christo. Um, so Christo is very interesting, as we heard. And the way that he just did his work without really getting sponsored is really interesting to me. You know, he just lived for art and did everything he did to everything he could do for just for him to publish his work like that's amazing so we're going to talk about the similarities between Michelangelo and Christo you know well Michelangelo and Christo were both very influential artists but they lived in different time periods and had distinct artistic styles and different approaches however I have made some connections and comparisons from Sean's analysis of Christo that can be made between the two of them both Michelangelo and Crystal were known for their bold approaches to art, as we can tell. Um, their artistic expressions pushed the boundaries of most traditional artistic mediums. Michelangelo is celebrated for his monumental sculptures, paintings, and architectural designs, while Cristo was known for his large-scale temporary environmental art installations that often wrapped buildings, landmarks, and natural landscapes. What was really interesting was the Miami one. I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, both artists left a significant mark on the art world. Michelangelo is regarded as one of the giants of Renaissance art, and Cristo pioneered a new form of environmental art that challenged conventional notions of public space and the role in the urban environment. So very interesting. Both artists challenged artistic conventions of their respective times. Michelangelo broke um, medieval artistic traditions and embraced the ideals of the Renaissance. While Christo and his wife, Jean-Claude, wrapping art challenged notions of traditional sculpture and architecture and contemporary art. Christo's work often falls within the category of conceptual art as it emphasizes ideas and concepts over traditional artistic techniques and processes. While Michelangelo's work was highly technical and focused on the mastery of form, Christo's art was more focused on conceptual ideas and often involved collaboration with engineers and fabricators and obviously government officials. <laughs> wow, that yes, yes. A lot of time. So another, another similarity I can say is that they both took a lot of time on their work. That is for sure. They really were involved in the process. And it's important to note that the artists lived in, di in very different historical and cultural time periods, and their styles and objectives were distinctly different. Michelangelo is the key figure of the Italian Renaissance, while Cristo is world known for his contemporary art installations. While there are parallels in their willingness to challenge tradition and create impactful works of art, they represent overall 
different artistic eras and movements. Very interesting. What do you say? Do you like Christo um, and his way of work, like the way that he went about it, the ambition? Mm, I like the ambition and honesty. I feel like everybody needs something like Crystal was done because he he stuck to his lengthy projects because that's just what he liked. And oh, I think some yeah. I think everyone should have something like that that they just stick to no matter what. And a difference I see is that usually Michelangelo did things for a commission or profit. So I think that's a difference that we can note there too. Yeah, um, for sure. Christo kind of didn't really want a profit. He just did it for funsies. <laughs> All right. So um, Michelangelo, um, so in his sculptures, he would actually use a very fancy marble. And it's actually evident in my favorite sculpture, the statue of David. Um, it's a beautiful marble. I'm gonna go ahead and talk a little bit more. I might ramble a little bit as well. So Michelangelo's usage of Italian Carrera marble. Carrera marble is a high quality white or blue gray marble quarried from the Carrera region in Tuscany, Italy. According to Marble and Granite Inc., it's known for its purity, fine texture, and luminous quality, making it ideal for sculpting intricate details. Michelangelo's selection of this marble demonstrated his commitment to using the finest materials available. The Statue of David, one of his most famous works, was carved from a single block of this marble and is considered a masterpiece of Renaissance sculpture. And it really shows his fine craftsmanship as well. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it does. All right, that's about all the time we have for today. I wanna to thank you all for joining us, me, Sean O'Sullivan, and my peer, Anastasia. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. This concludes the Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to us on the Exploring Art Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening, and please join us soon. And remember, stay curious.